The reading this morning comes out of the book of Psalm, uh, chapter 107, and that's on page 506 of the church Bibles in the seats. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shadows the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight, They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish." When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things and let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Thank you, Mary Grace. Um, If you'd like to keep that passage open in front of you, um, and we'll look at it together 
And before we do that, we'll pray. If you need a Bible, um, there's a few on the seats and there's some over at the sides as well. So don't hesitate to grab one if you'd like. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you uh, for the time that we can spend in it now. Lord, uh, you know our circumstances and our individual situations. You know what's going on in our lives right now, uh, what's going through our minds right now. Um, Lord, we pray that as we come to your word that you would... Uh, by your spirit, you would minister to us. You would open our eyes to, to see you. You would lift our gaze to you um, that we may grow uh, in our love for you, our understanding of you, that it might shape our, our lives. And we pray you bless this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's, uh, it's good to be back uh, after a bit of a break over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, summer is a great opportunity for that, isn't it? To to have a bit of a chance to, to rest, uh, to change pace, maybe a chance uh, to travel. Some of you will have been on your travels. Others are on their travels right now. Uh, some will be about to go on travels. And some of you are here uh, visiting, uh, who uh, are here maybe for the first time. Uh, welcome to Leith. This is, uh, if you didn't already know, the fourth coolest neighborhood in the world, according to Time Out magazine. Um, all the cooler for uh, having you here. Uh, it's, it's a great place to be. Um, and holidays are like that. They can be an opportunity, can't they, to, to de-stress, uh, to switch off from some of the pressures of life uh, and, and uh, relax a bit. Uh, there was a song a long time ago uh, before pretty much everybody in this room was born that sa said, uh, we're all going on a summer holiday, no more worries for a week or two. Uh, and that's great, isn't it? But of course, we know, don't we, that, that life is not an endless summer holiday. Sooner or later, we all face stressful situations. And sometimes when things get really hard, that stress can turn to distress. We can face times of extreme anxiety, uh, loneliness, heartbreak, uh, and grief. I wonder, where do you look for solutions in those moments? Uh, perhaps it's travel, just getting away from it all. Uh, that's one option. But of course, uh, some of the things in our lives that, that, that we deal with, it doesn't matter how far we travel, uh, they go with us. Uh, others might look to self-medicate, looking at things like food or, or, or alcohol or, or binge watching or the approval of others. But we know that ultimately those things, they don't provide the comfort that we might crave. And they can actually end up piling more difficulty on us. So if a summer holiday isn't the answer, and the latest Netflix series isn't the answer, then where should we be looking? What's the wise thing to do when we face times of distress in our lives? Well, the answer is found in the last verse of that psalm that Mary Grace just read. The psalmist says in verse 43, whoever is wise, let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is a psalm that, that celebrates God's deliverance of his people from exile. Now the exile was a time in Israel's history where after years of disobedience, God's people were exiled from the land and they were scattered around the surrounding nations. Uh, eventually, they returned to rebuild Jerusalem and restore the temple. 
And the psalm opens with a call to the people to give thanks to God for his goodness and love for the way that he had redeemed them, for the way that he had rescued them from trouble. It begins there, we'll give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. The wise response to times of distress is to lift our eyes from whatever our difficult circumstances may be and to fix them on the steadfast love of the Lord, to give thanks for his steadfast love. But what does that actually look like? What does it mean to consider the steadfast love of the Lord? Well, the Hebrew verb consider that the psalmist uses in verse 43, it means to understand, to discern. And the point he's making is that as we consider the ways in which God has delivered his people, we are to see in those ways the way that those rescues demonstrate his steadfast love. And that's what Psalm 107 is all about. In this psalm, the the psalmist gives four different concrete examples of the distress that God's people found themselves in and four ways that each time God delivered them. And I just want to take a bit of time to look at each of those uh, stressful situations, four situations I'm sure that we can all relate to and see how we can do what Israel did that we can do what they they were encouraged to do in the midst of their distresses, to recognize God's steadfast love in every situation. So first of all, then, we see God's steadfast love to the weary wanderer. If you look with me at verse 4, we read there, Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. So the psalmist describes the experience of some of the exiles, who found themselves wandering in the desert, far from home, cut off from any community. And that experience of wandering aimlessly with no city to call their own, it brought them to such a low place that we're told that their soul fainted within them. Uh, The 19th century minister C.H. Spurgeon wrote of these verses, solitude is a great intensifier of misery. The loneliness of a desert has a most depressing influence upon the person who is lost in the boundless waste. I wonder if you can relate to that. That experience of feeling a bit like an aimless wanderer, feeling cut off from any meaningful community. Now, of course, most of us experienced something of that during the pandemic lockdowns, when we were unable to gather together like this as as God's people, when we were were unable to worship together and, and even spend time with one another. That had a wearying effect, didn't it? An effect that that many people are still feeling the effects of today. Maybe right now your, your spiritual life feels a bit like wandering in the desert. You can very much identify with that experience of feeling hungry and thirsty and as if your soul has fainted within you. You know, maybe if you're honest, you've given up engaging 
with God. You've stopped reading your Bible or, or really talking to him in prayer. Maybe you've just been going through the motions spiritually. And your attendance here is more out of habit than hope. What should we do when we find ourselves in that situation? Well, the answer is there in verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. When our souls are faint and when we are weary and hungry, the answer is to cry out to the Lord, to look to the one who meets us in our loneliness. And even if we've been wondering for a long time and we have neglected our relationship with him, no matter how weak or feeble our cry might be, in his steadfast love, God always, always hears the cries of his people. And just as he did then, he provides them with a way home. If you look with me at verse 7, he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Isn't that a wonderful thought that, that this God who, who guided them home, he's a God who satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry with good things. When we're feeling weary and aimless, uh, we can wonder if things are going to stay like that forever. But the promise of verse 9 is that in his steadfast love, God satisfies us with good things. He brings hope. He brings satisfaction. He brings purpose. He leads the weary wanderer home. Secondly, God's steadfast love frees those in darkness. If you look with me at verse 10, some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. So the psalmist describes a, a second group of exiles whose suffering is different from the first. These exiles, they weren't lost. They were prisoners, slaves to a foreign power. And the bitterness of their situation had left them without hope, utterly helpless. Now, now notice what the psalmist puts their predicament down to. It was their rebellion against God that had led them into this situation. Specifically, verse 12, their distress was a result of God's judgment on their sin. Now, what do we do with that? These people were suffering under God's judgment. How can we speak of the steadfast love of the Lord when these people were in such misery at God's hand? Well, we need to see that even God's judgment is a demonstration of his steadfast love. We're told in verse 12 that, that these people had rebelled against the words of God, and to rebel against God's words is to rebel against God himself. Now, what they deserved for their rebellion was rejection. God is a holy God. He is completely just. He has to punish sin. 
And God could have just left them to it. He could have left them to their rebellion. He could have left them in their sins. But to do that would have been to break his promises to his people. Notice the references to the Lord in this psalm are in block capitals. And wherever you see Lord in block capitals in the Bible, that is a reference to God's covenant name, Yahweh. It's the special name that God used with his people, a name that spoke of the intimate personal relationship that he had with them, that he was their God and they were his people. It spoke of his promises to them, the promises that he first made to Abraham. And God, he always keeps his promises. He could not leave these people in their rebellion. And so in his love and mercy, he judged them. He brought them to a place where they experienced the consequences of their sin. And it was in that darkness that they finally cried out to him. And despite their sin, despite the darkness they were in, God heard their cry, verse 13. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. In the case of, of these people, their predicament was a result of their own rebellion. And the darkness was God's way of bringing his people back to himself. Now, maybe right now you're going through a period of darkness. Maybe it's a result of your own sin. Or maybe it's suffering that you've experienced at the hands of others. Maybe you're wondering if the, the black clouds of depression and despair are ever going to lift. Where does hope lie? Where is freedom from the darkness to be found? Well, again, it's to be found as we cry out to the Lord, to the God of steadfast love. He is the one who can break into any prison that we find ourselves in. doesn't matter how dark the dungeon or how secure the lock. He is the almighty God who the psalmist says can shatter doors of bronze and, and snap bars of iron in two. He's more than able to free us from whatever darkness we might find ourselves in. Thirdly, God's steadfast love is even for the guilty. If you look with me at verse 17, some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Now, what we have here is a description of people who were guilty, and they knew it. Their sin had led them to such a point that they were consumed by guilt. They completely lost their appetites. They were as good as dead. What are we meant to do when the distress that we experience is a result of our own sin? What if we've said something or done something that we know is wrong, something that may have had consequences in our own lives and in the lives of others. 
Uh, we're living in a world right now where, where the guilty are, are quick to face trial by social media. A cancel culture where retribution is swift and far-reaching with no prospect of restoration or forgiveness. Where the guilty really have nowhere to go, no one to look to for mercy. Where the cancelled are left broken, drawing near to the gates of death. And that is why the message of the Christian faith is such wonderful news. In a world where mercy is often in such short supply. In the gospel, there is grace even for the guilty. If you look with me at verse 19. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Even distress caused by our own sin is not beyond the steadfast love of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? That even our own foolishness doesn't put us beyond the grace of God. No matter what we might be guilty of, no matter the depths that we have sunk to, God's grace goes even deeper. There is hope even for the cancelled. There's forgiveness, there is rescue, and there is healing. If you look with me at verse 20, he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Our guilt can leave us broken, ashamed, and despairing. And certainly in the eyes of the world, it can put us beyond the pale. But in his steadfast love, the Lord brings healing to the broken, the guilty sinner who cries out to him. He delivers them from their destruction. And notice, he brings healing as he sends out his word. Now, maybe you're a Christian who, who is struggling with guilt over past sin. Maybe sins that have long been forgiven. Maybe the voices of our world are loud in your ear, calling down condemnation. Well, remember the power of God's Word. Take time to meditate on the glorious truths of the gospel. Dwell on those words that promise healing, deliverance for anyone who cries out to him. Know that in his steadfast love, the Lord is gracious to the guilty and respond to the call that the psalmist gives in verse 21, the call to give thanks to God for his mercy and grace. This, this call that we see again and again throughout this psalm, let them, give thank, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. You know, one of the great blessings of gathering together like this is that we can sing. We can sing to God, and as we sing, we can remember his grace, his love, his forgiveness. We can sing out and we can hear our brothers and our sisters singing those glorious truths to our ears as well. We can remember that our sin and be reminded that our sin doesn't define us. Our identity is not found in our guilt. It is found in our God the one who in his steadfast love pours out his grace on the guilty. Fourthly, 
And finally, God's steadfast love is for the fearful. If you look with me at verse 23, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Now, the image we have in these verses is of sailors caught in a storm at the mercy of the wind and the waves. A few years ago, I went on a snorkeling trip off the coast of Florida, and we sailed out in a boat about five miles out into the Atlantic. And then we were told, right, the reef is just a, a short swim over in that direction. And we had to jump off the boat and then swim towards the reef. It had been years since I had been snorkeling, so I was rusty, to say the least. Uh, and so I jumped off the boat and started swimming out towards the reef. Um, I, as, I, as I swam, I, I started to realize that I, I, I was getting water in my mouth and started to, to panic a bit. But I'd got so far away from the boat at this point but that I didn't have the energy to get back. So I, I started to think, oh, this could be it. This could be the end. Um, I, I'm right out in the middle of the Atlantic. What, what am I going to do? So in a desperate attempt, I started trying to, to tread water to try and fix the, the snorkel in my mouth. And it was as I went upright that my feet touched the bed of the, the, bed of the sea we were on a sandbank five miles out in the Atlantic, and I was standing chest deep in the water. Um, I can't imagine how I would cope in the middle of a storm at sea when that storm was furious and the wind and the waves were going crazy. I think that would be pretty terrifying. And life can be like that sometimes, can't it? We can find ourselves caught in a storm that we have no control over. An unexpected diagnosis, uh, the loss of a job, the sudden death of a family member. They're all stark reminders that we are not the masters of our own fate. We are not the captains of our soul. And that realization that, that we cannot control the future, it can be distressing. These sailors, they, they were powerless in the face of the elements. But notice that the psalmist is clear about who is in control over those elements. He recognizes that it was the Lord who commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. And those are glorious words for the fearful heart. When we're anxious, it's easy to catastrophize, to, to search into the future for worst-case scenarios and convince ourselves that they're going to become a reality. The anxious person is all too aware of how little control they have over life's events. But this psalm reminds us that even though we don't know what the future holds, we have a God who holds the future. A God who is in complete control over all things. And when we grasp that, we can look to him in times of distress, knowing that he delivers his people. And that's exactly what these people did. Verse 28, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, 
and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregations of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. In their distress, they cried to the Lord, and he delivered them. The God of steadfast love stilled the storm and hushed the waves and brought his people to safety. Whatever storms we're facing, whatever anxieties, the answer is not to dwell on our fears. It is to bring our distress to God, to cry out to the one who calms the storm, the one who is sovereign over every circumstance and situation. And even if those stormy waters may be full of challenges, we can be sure that ultimately, he will bring us to the place of safety. You see, this psalm closes out with a series of statements about the way God works, the way that he saves his people through reversals, how he supplies the hungry, how he, how he raises up those who are brought low. And of course, the ultimate example of, of God's great reversals uh, is seen at the cross, where God brought about the most glorious deliverance of all through the shameful death of his son, Jesus. What seemed like weakness and defeat was actually the ultimate victory. It's at the cross where the words of Psalm 107 are fulfilled as Jesus satisfies the deepest longings of the weary heart. It's at the cross where, where Jesus brings light and a sure and certain hope for those who are in darkness and despair. It's at the cross where, where Jesus bears the punishment for every foolish step that we've ever taken, where we can know that our guilt has been paid for once and for all. It's at the cross that we can know that the ultimate storm of death and hell has already been calmed for those who've put their faith in the one who bore that storm. And it's at the cross where true wisdom is to be found as we dwell on the steadfast love of the Lord poured out on his people in Jesus Christ. Every other deliverance, every other rescue, points to that ultimate rescue, a rescue, a salvation that belongs to anyone who puts their hope in Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that we can cry out to you, that we can seek you in our distress, whatever situations we might be facing, whatever difficulties, whatever challenges, we thank you that you are the God who delivers your people. So we pray, Lord God, that we'd be quick to go to you in the midst of distress, that we would be quick to seek you, whatever our situation might be, that your Spirit would, would, would strengthen our hearts and enable us to be quick to respond. Lord, we thank you that you are gracious and merciful and that you have poured out that grace and mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that we can look to the cross and know that our sins are forgiven, that the punishment has been paid, that the storm has been stilled, 
that satisfaction is available in him. And so as we come to this table now to take bread and wine, we pray, Lord God, that your spirit would, would strengthen us and renew us as we remember all that he has done. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.